Welcome to Mortgage Connects by MGIC, bringing you the latest insights from top mortgage professionals around the industry. I'm your host, Concepcion Guerrero. And joining me today is Daniel Gomez, branch manager with DHI. Daniel began his mortgage career in 2015 at American Bank Shares as loan officer assistant. From there, he went on to become mortgage loan originator at Lenar Mortgage. He has truly cultivated his career at DHI Mortgage, where he began as a loan officer in 2019 and has worked his way up to a branch manager position. Most recently, he has traveled to DHI's Orlando and Tampa markets, helping to improve processes and finding efficiencies. He aspires to become a regional manager while continuing to grow within the DHI family and to keep bringing the best mortgage products and services to the great state of Florida. He strives to work as hard as he can to help families in the home buying process achieve their version of the American dream. In his spare time, Danny will be cheering and yelling for the Miami Dolphins or finding some time to fish. Danny, welcome. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, to kind of dive into some of the topics we have for today. Excellent. Well, Danny, I have to be honest with you. I'm really impressed by the experience you have at such a young age. It's great to see another Latino succeed and want to continue to improve themselves. Now, I read a brief bio about you, but tell our listeners a little bit more about your journey on how you got into the mortgage business and why. Yeah, definitely. So um, definitely in the bio kind of explains a little bit, but I started um, kind of by accident in the industry. So I was up in the Tallahassee area at Florida State for college um, after leaving Miami. And after a couple of years, I just kind of thought it wasn't really, you know, the lifestyle I wanted. Um, So I I did move back to Miami to finish studying down here. Um, And my mom has actually been in the industry for 30 plus years, probably 15 of those as a branch manager. Um, So she said, hey, you know, come on and and kind of uh, work with us as a loan officer assistant and see if you like it. It might just be a career path for you. So I started in the industry that was back in 2015. Um, I started as a loan officer assistant and kind of fell in love with the industry altogether. Um, so worked my way into the loan officer uh, role. And then once I was kind of ready to, to move on to a new role, I actually started with Lenar Mortgage. And that's that's kind of where my, my story almost really begins um, after, you know, the basics of learning. um, And we'll kind of dive into a little bit of that. But after the basics of learning, really just kind of perfecting my craft there at Lenar. Now, Danny, you mentioned your mom playing a crucial role to your success and introduction to the mortgage world. And that's very interesting to hear this because I bet many of those in the industry either fell into this path by some form of accident or thanks to someone else. So what are the things that you have done that have helped you grow professionally in your career? Yeah, so so definitely uh, starts with the way I learned the industry. So as a loan officer assistant, my mom was very, very old school. You know, she had these big manila folders and and we'd have a stacking order of our W-2s, our pay subs, and we would turn our physical folder over to our our processor. So I think that kind of base knowledge, um, you know, old school rate sheets, um, that kind of base knowledge kind of propelled me. Um, to take my next role at Lennar and then taking that knowledge, coming into Lennar, you know, and really learning how to mass produce that knowledge, right? So it's bigger pipelines, um, understanding pipeline views and and mass um, clientele closing a lot more volume. So those are the kinds of things I learned at Lennar. So, you know, I think the base of where I started perfecting at Lennar and then coming into DHI and just kind of the culture we have um, was just so conducive 
to my growth. Uh, we are really a company that grows from within. Um, so I think I, the fact that I started in those two roles and then came into a company like DHI, um, DHI just, you know, is all about protecting their own. Um, we're, I don't like to say one family, it's a little cliche, right? But um, we are people that look out for each other always. Um, so I think that kind of helped propel me um, to grow within the company kind of quickly. Um, so I started there in 2019, uh, was a loan officer there for two years and now I've been a branch manager for, for two years. So um, kind of quickly developed my role there. Um, and that just is a testament to the culture we have at, at our company. That's right. Now I'm curious, is your mom still in the business? Does she still yeah. support She's and root you on? Yeah, she. Uh, funny enough, she is one of uh, the preferred lenders with Dr. Horton. With DH, uh, so DHI is a in-house lender. She's one of the preferred lenders. So we actually compete against each other. Funny enough, um, but yeah, she's still in the industry, still a branch manager, and um, you know, still kind of doing all the good things that she she's been doing for thirty plus years. That's great to hear. Now, Danny, we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month here at MGIC. And as a Latina myself, I do take great pride of my heritage background. But by now, it's no secret the Hispanic consumer is one to tap into, especially when you have 7.9 million Latinos who considered themselves mortgage-ready last year. So, Danny, tell me, are there any specific strategies or marketing techniques that you found effective when reaching and engaging with the Hispanic market? So, yeah, I think that's a great question. Our marketing and techniques really comes from our home builder. As as I mentioned, I work for DHI Mortgage and we're the, our, the in-house lender for DR Horton. And in most of our DR Horton markets, we really are an affordable home builder. So we're a home builder that we say we build a home for every stage of life. So we we build your first starter home, you know, your, your move-in home once you, you know, you've expanded your family and even retirement homes. I mean, we have kind of a home that fits every kind of budget and every kind of buyer. Um, so obviously, as we know, the Hispanic community um, in NARREP, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, in 2022, Ari, they put out a statistic that the Hispanic home ownership rate increased to 48.6%. So that marks an eight-year consistent growth, um, which is just incredible. So we're, we're talking about a huge population um, of Hispanic homeowners that we are coming into the that are coming into the market, what we're forecasting is in the next 10 years, one out of every three new home formations will be a Hispanic family. So we really cater to that market. I think that kind of market really shows um, kind of family values, which I know we'll touch on in a little bit. But it's very important for our real estate professionals to understand that that kind of buyer profile because it's going to encompass a lot of the um, market share going forward within the next 10 years. Okay. So it sounds to me like it's, it's about building that trust, building that relationship within, you know, your Hispanic clientele there to really, truly, you know, kind of solidify um, that relationship building going forward. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, Hispanics are unique in the way our culture, like you did say, plays a big role in our decision making. So, for example, I would say that family is one of our top cultural values. And you see that when we're buying homes, especially because we tend to typically look for homes that will cater to a multi-generational household. So meaning that we'll most likely have a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle living with us. 
So what advice would you give to those that are non-Hispanic mortgage professionals looking to tap into this demographic, but they're really hesitant to do so because they don't speak Spanish or they aren't aware of our cultural values or differences? Yeah, so this is great. And, and in that question, you, you did mention family and and family for, for most of our Hispanic population is, you know, the cataclysm of what moves us forward. Um, so I think for for non-Hispanic uh, professionals that are looking to kind of tap into the market, um, I think there's really two points. Transparency being the key, right? Um, this is the biggest purchase most of our homeowners are going to make in their entire life. Um, so when they're making this kind of purchase, they're not just they're not seeing you as a loan officer. They're not seeing you as a real estate agent. They're seeing you as family. They're putting their trust in you. They're putting their money in you um, to guide them the correct way. So I think you need to understand that first and foremost um, to be transparent with them, but then to also treat them like a, a part of your family, um, you know, to treat them like a sister, an aunt, a brother, parents, um, because that's going to be a lasting relationship you're going to form um, with this home purchase. And it's, it's going to relay more clientele, um, a second home purchase. I mean, once a, and again, this, this is a little bit generally speaking, but as, as we see most of our Hispanic population, once you go through this process with them, whether it was, you know, good, bad, um, indifferent, as long as that, that experience, um, you can relay to them in the correct manner, they're going to see you as family. So for those professionals looking, looking at that market, um, you, you need to really look to treat, um, that clientele as family, as you continue to do that, you form those lasting relationships. Those referrals are going to come tenfold. Um, you know, they're going to refer you people they trust, um, and they're going to look to use you again in the future. So I would say transparency being one, make sure you explain the entire process to them with no, no real surprises. I think that's an obvious one, but second being to really treat that clientele as family, because ultimately when they're putting their trust and their money in you, um, that's what you become to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think, you know, like I mentioned, I am Latina and, you know, thinking back when I bought my first home, it took me years and I went through various realtors, various, various uh, loan originators until I truly found that one that I felt they truly care. They truly want to help me for the right reasons. They're not looking at me as, hey, you know, the next easy business transaction per se. Um, and truly, I, I think really one of the the most advice that I, I would say to those non-Hispanic, um, you know, originators or, or mortgage professionals is, you know, don't let Spanish or language be um, a factor that stops you from tap, tapping into this, you know, really potential and powerful demographic. And many of the times you will find out that, yeah, yeah, we're Latino, but we're also bilingual. We're also maybe more comfortable in speaking and uh, English, you know, so it's, it's a lot of times, you know, ask questions. If you're unfamiliar of our culture and and maybe, you know, why do we have grandma, grandpa, mom, dad coming with us to, you know, to look at homes? Yeah. Ask, you know, is there a reason? Get to know your customers, build that trust. Yeah, that's 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 great advice because that people who care, I mean, and people who are genuine, be genuine to yourself. You know, if, if you're a certain way, um, people can sense, you, you know, you being disingenuous. Um, so just be a genuine version of yourself. And I think that'll that'll go a long way for you. Yeah, I agree. Now, in my conversations with non-Hispanic professionals, I do realize that they are aware of the huge opportunity in the Hispanic consumer. However, they know they don't know where and how to start to tap into this demographic. 
So I'm curious, are there any certain things your team is doing differently to attract, like we said, that trust and that business from the Hispanic community? So our our initial trust and our initial um, kind of referral point is does generate from our home builder, DR Horton, um, just their price point, their affordable monthly payments. Um, you know, in the in the nation right now, uh, we are providing special discounted interest rates um, that help make buying affordable, especially in a market that it's really becoming almost unaffordable. So I think that that kind of helps. Um, but down in our Southeast Florida market for our DHI mortgage team, we are actually second in the nation um, right now in customer service. And I think that that customer service has generated tenfold the leads um, that we should have been receiving because, you know, we are we are getting repeat customers. We are getting referrals from those customers for their aunts or uncles, you know, their, their close family members that they trust us now. Um, so we've kind of developed a a niche in the market uh, where people are now kind of trusting not only the builder, which they have for a long time as, as they are the biggest home builder in the nation, but now the mortgage company as well to say, Hey, you know, I might have not had a good experience with X, Y, or Z, but my loan officer, my loan processor, you know, they were on top of it. And whether it's new construction, non-new construction, I want to use that person. So I, I would say, like we kind of alluded to in, in the previous um, question, I think it's all about building those relationships. So that's kind of what we've done. It's it's difficult to market yourself um, without having a little bit of a track record. Once you have that track record built, then it's a little bit easier um, to kind of tell your clients, look, this is what I've done and this is what I continue to do. And I think consistency goes a long way. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, I don't think nowadays it's not enough to really have the products um, for for the Hispanic community. I think it goes, you know, it does help, but I think it also has to go above and beyond. You know, you mentioned the customer experience um, aspect of it as well. I think that plays a big, big role into the overall growing uh, your reputation, growing the business, growing your success. Um, it doesn't matter with the Hispanic community or anyone in general, I think. Yeah. Okay, so I, you know, now um, I, you did mention NAREP before, um, and I know you're part of NAREP, and they're the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. And if I'm not mistaken, you're on the board. And I also noticed that DHI had the most originators listed on NAREP's top 250 originators list. So what an impressive accomplishment to have. Explain to me, why is it so important for your team or any mortgage professional be part of NAREP? And is there are certain ways that you're leveraging this partnership? Yeah, absolutely. So NAREP is, is really an incredible organization and their mission very much aligns with ours. And, and their mission or, you know, as a board member, our mission um, is to create generational wealth for Hispanic, um, for our Hispanic population, I should really say. The fastest way to build generational wealth um, is to purchase a home. So it doesn't have to be your dream home. It, it just has to be to purchase a piece of real estate. So Freddie Mac actually put out some guidance on this, and it shows the average net wealth of a renter is $8,000 versus, and this is in this in you know in all of the states, in all 50 states, United States of America, this was guidance provided by Freddie Mac, so $8,000 for a net wealth of a renter versus net wealth of a homeowner is $300,000. So it's a huge disparity um, just buying that, that first property. 
Um, so I think we were able to align ourselves with that mission. Um, and I, we thought, what a great organization to leverage with um, because these are professionals in the real estate market. You know, they're qualified, really qualified professionals that are looking to help their Hispanic population. And in this market where it's, you know, we have high interest rates, we have high sales prices. The biggest need right now is inventory. So we said, why don't we come and provide inventory to an organization who is dying for inventory, who has these qualified real estate professionals. So, you know, we're leveraging them with some of their contacts, with some of their leads, um, but they're also leveraging us with some affordable housing and inventory in a market where it's very, very difficult to find. Okay. Yeah. It's about leveraging and tapping into those community resources or trade organizations. Um, I know MGIC just recently um, became a national, you know, into a national partnership with NAREP and it's really, truly giving us, given us that platform and opportunity to, you know, spread the word of MI and really, truly educate and connect with further um, real estate agents and uh, loan originators on opportunities. So it's, it's great to see um, everyone being on that same, you know, alongside that same mission and supporting and wanting to help each other out. So it's, it's great to hear. Yeah, um, and it, it really, it really is that that that's honestly the mission is is just to continue. I mean, we we said in in a previous question that one out of three family formations in the next ten years will be Hispanic. So what a great organization who is their sole mission is to help create that generational wealth amongst that Hispanic population. Um, you know this this Hispanic home ownership you know train is is continuing to kind of truck along the tracks. Um, and I don't, I don't think it has any, any kind of signs of stopping or slowing down. No, not at all. If anything, it's probably going to go much faster. Yes. <laughs> Full force. So Danny, I mentioned earlier, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you're Cubano, right? Are you Cuban? Yes. Yes, yes? I am. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So tell me, what is your favorite aspect of your Hispanic culture? Is there a certain tradition that maybe it's your favorite or that's really close to your heart? So, so tradition, the easy one is probably Noche Buena, which is uh, the day before Christmas. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of our Christmas, which is your entire family. I mean, you're talking cousins, second cousins, uncles, aunts. I mean, the entire family is typically together. Um, and there is, you know, traditions that, that happen within every family. But I mean, everybody is there. Um, you know, all night usually, you know, that, that's not something that ends early. Um, and it's just, it's just about being with your family. So I think that's probably the easy one, but one of the things I love most about the, you know, Cuban culture, Cuban, Cuban people really is just, um, that their camaraderie amongst themselves. Um, so really when you meet somebody who's Cuban, it could be a complete stranger. When you find out they're Cuban, they're all, all automatically, I'm sorry, um, held in a different regard. So they're just like a tough, resilient, and very much family-oriented group of people um, that have been through a lot in their culture um, that have made them resilient. But I think that's kind of what I like most about them is they are people that have each other's backs. And there's some cultures that kind of align with that. There's unfortunately some other cultures that don't. But I, I think there's something to be said with, you know, Cubans have Cubans' backs, um, and there's something about that camaraderie, um, that just makes it kind of special. Totally agree. So I'm just curious. I'm not, I'm not Cuban. So I'm Mexicana, I'm Mexican. So I'm just curious, what's your favorite Cuban dish? Oh man, that's, that's a good question. There is a, I would probably say lechoncito. 
So there's a place there's a place here in Miami called uh, Havana Harry's um, that does the best lechoncito in all of maybe maybe the world, but definitely in Miami. Um, and that's what we we typically get on Noche Buena is that it's it's very thinly uh, shredded pork uh, with onions. I mean, it's it's just an incredible dish. Oh my gosh, delicious! Yeah, I've heard ropa vieja. I've heard cafe cubano. I you know it's when I'm when I'm oh, down yeah. in Miami, I have to I have to make a stop. There, there's, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely the pick of the litter to uh, to grab on that. Oh, on I'm that sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Danny, to close, what is one thing you would like our listeners to walk away with when it comes to the Hispanic consumer? So, so definitely if, if, you know, if you're in the real estate market, whether you're Hispanic or not, it, it doesn't really matter. Hispanic home ownership is on the rise. And like we said, there, there's no signs of it slowing down. So, I would, you know, familiarize yourself with kind of the culture points with kind of the family oriented points that we've, we've made on, on the podcast um, and, and kind of dive yourself into a way to obtain that business and create lasting relationships. So that would probably be my takeaway. Make sure you, you're tapping into the market, you're creating real, authentic relationships um, because the host, Hispanic homeownership movement is is just on the rise and, and we're going to continue to see it grow over the next uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Amazing advice. Totally agree with you, Danny. Danny, well, thank you very much for your time. We truly, truly appreciate it. Um, and thank you all for listening. For the latest industry insights, subscribe to Mortgage Connects on Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or go to mortgageconnects.com.